as an example of all of this, uh, critics of culture-blind crisis interventionists propose that this outmoded logical positivism, which remember positivism from one of our earlier classes, um, are observable scientific facts and their relationship of these facts to each other and the laws of nature. Okay, So these outmoded logical positivism uh, details don't have any place in dealing with widespread violence and social upheaval and what it is that we have going on today. Uh, Western traumatologists adopt a naive view that trauma leads in linear fashion somehow to PTSD and people across the board, and that's not true. Uh, social constructivists uh, rail at this view of trauma, and they believe it may be more appropriate to look at trauma and the crisis intervention that our police get involved in in a lot broader social terms, such as grief and injustice and faith and those kinds of things, as opposed to clinical categories of things like PTSD and depression. So when, we're, when I'm addressing the issues of crisis intervention from a CIT team training perspective, we're following the social constructivist idea of taking the holistic approach of what's happening in society. Um, and because we're dealing with people's feelings, that we address those feelings because it's, an, it, it's just a natural blend of what's, what's the primary focus. So counseling, therapy work, crisis intervention, whether it be from the police officer standpoint or from the counselor standpoint, has to begin with the awareness of that primary person's assumptions and values and biases regarding racial and cultural and group differences of the people that they meet. Um, we have to we have to put multiculturalism at the core of the operations that we deal with uh, as law enforcement professionals because we serve people. We serve and protect individuals, and we are serving and protecting in a pluralistic society which has hundreds of different types and varieties of peoples within it, and we will not be effective unless we become multiculturally sensitive. Now, there's, there's some unintentional assumptions that can impair the functioning of public safety personnel when it comes to crisis intervention work. There's 10 culturally biased assumptions that uh, Thompson and DeVille came up with and Pedersen came up with in 99 and 87, respectively, uh, and that Pedersen asked for everybody to kind of keep in mind when they're trying to figure out how to do their job. Uh, number one, uh, people all share a common measure of what's considered to be normal behavior. You know, problems, emotional responses, behaviors, more or less universal across social, cultural, economic, or political backgrounds. All right, those are, uh, that's one of the 10 culturally biased assumptions. Number two, that individuals are the basic building blocks of all societies. That's another culturally biased assumption. All right. The presumption that crisis intervention and counseling are directed primarily toward the individual rather than groups of individuals such as families or organizations or societies in the whole. All right. Number three, the definition of problems can be limited by academic disciplines and their boundaries. Um, the, for example, the presumption that that crisis interventionist or that law enforcement officer is separate from the identity of the medical doctor or the sociologist uh, or, you know, the attorney from some other discipline. 
we're all in this, you know, that's a culturally biased assumption that you are separate from any of the other professionals who are going to get involved in what it is that's that's going on and that you have to communicate with through the life of the case. Number four, Western culture depends on abstract words. It's a culturally biased assumption. For example, the presumption of crisis interventionists in the United States that others will understand these abstractions in the same way as they intended them to be. That's culturally biased. These others may not be able to understand these abstractions in the same way as we have defined them because the definition and the, the work of the definition doesn't apply to them. Uh, number five, independence is valuable and dependencies are undesirable. For example, the presumption of Western individualism that people should not be dependent on others or allow others to be dependent on them. You know, that, that rugged independence kind of thing that we pride ourselves in, the old West, the rancher out, you know, that goes out to a thousand acres and he, by God, holds the whole thing down. Uh, that That's not the way that a lot of other people around the planet think. And so it doesn't mean that independence is valuable. In other cultures, independence may be a liability. Number six, formal counseling is more important than natural support systems surrounding some citizen that you might run into. For example, the presumption that some that all citizens prefer the support which is offered by counselors or by you as a law enforcement person over the support of their family or peers or other support groups within their social network is false. Number seven, everybody depends on linear thinking. Everybody around the planet. We start at point A, then we go to point B, then we go to point C. Everybody depends on that, right? <clears throat> no, wrong. The presumption by crisis or interventionist that every cause has an effect and each effect is tied to a cause because that explains how the whole world works and that everything can be measured and described in terms of positive or negative or good or bad or appropriate or inappropriate. That doesn't hold true across the whole planet. Not everybody thinks that same way. So if you go into a crisis intervention situation with linear thinking, that person that you're looking at may not be defining the event between the two of you in any way whatsoever the same way you are. And when you say, if you don't do this, I will do that in your very linear way, they may not be able to process that information. So when you're down on the ground with them saying, stop resisting, stop resisting, stop resisting, you know they're in their crisis world, they're freaking out because... If they stop resisting, um, they don't have this linear concept of, oh, well, I'll just lay here and let him do whatever he wants to do with me. And their multi-causal kind of thinking, they're coming up with all kinds of things. Stopping resisting is the last thing that they understand that they should be doing. Number eight, counselors need to change individuals to fit the system. That's a culturally biased assumption. You can't necessarily change people to fit the system. So the system needs to change to fit the individual. This isn't necessarily easy, especially when you're a law enforcement person and you live by rules and regulations and policies and procedures. Not a whole lot of flexibility there for you to decide to just arbitrarily change what it is that you're doing. But it's something that you should be sensitive to if you have some kind of wiggle room in there. And as more and more people get trained in how to better understand things from a multicultural perspective, it's hoped that more and more departments will be able to write in the flexibility that officers need to have in order to be able to respond and to use that judgment. But you know as well as I do, no chief of police out there is going to give you any latitude whatsoever if there is discretionary authority in there that may undermine the application of law. As a result of that, uh, it's going to take a while. 
before we grow into that whole phase of things. And in the meantime, we're going to continue to have improper handling of different kinds of crises when we rely on a system which is based on linear thinking. Number nine, the client's past history has little relevance to contemporary events. Okay, that's a culturally biased assumption because the presumption that the crises are most mostly related to here and now stuff um, might be very wrong with clients who have built up this problem that they have to put them in a crisis intervention mode because of things which have happened through decades of their lives. So, and again, even when I'm explaining this to you, I'm looking at it from a linear perspective because I'm saying something like through decades of their lives, that's linear, rather than looking at it from a, a multi-causal standpoint of saying something like, well, there might be a whole lot of different factors coming out of from different directions. So you, you understand, even even my explanation to you and, and the fact that we should be more multiculturally sensitive could be failing to meet the mark because of the way I have to define things based on my history and my education and my training. So I might be screwing things up trying to, trying to get the point across. And number 10, counselors and crisis workers already know all their assumptions. That's culturally biased. We're, we're trained as law enforcement people, as correctional officers, as social workers, as counselors. We're all trained in a certain set of assumptions and a certain definition of the world. And then we're said, okay, now that you're trained in how to, how to understand the world and how to define the world around you and how to define what your job is, go out and do your job. And anything which falls outside of that, therefore, is wrong and you need to take action. And the action that you need to take is prescribed over here where you learned about that as a part of your job. The presumption here is that if crisis interventionists, those counselors and those officers, uh, were prone toward reacting in a closed, biased, and culturally encapsulated way that promoted domination by an elitist group, that they would be aware of it. But they're not. They're not aware of the fact that they're perceived by these other groups as being elitists. They only understand that this is the way that it is. They can't appreciate the fact that these other groups are looking at them saying, you're a flippin' elitist, man. That's why you're dealing with me in the way you're dealing with me. Or you don't understand me, mister, because this is who I am and this is what I come from. And we don't give them the time for that. Unfortunately, one of the biggest problems that we have when we take a look at confrontations with citizens is that the officer wasn't patient enough in dealing with that individual to listen for a little bit and to get a broader understanding of what the situation was before they decided what to do. They immediately go into tactical mode rather than actually listening to the individual and at least allowing them a chance to either vent or communicate, something like that. And the more experienced an officer is, the more patience you'll see out of that officer and the less volatile the situations will be that that officer is involved in. And that's why a lot of departments are looking for, when they're hiring, they're, they're not hiring brand new people off the street right out of college. They have no work experience. They want people that have some broad base of experience. Um, if you're applying for a job with a law enforcement agency, and you're 21 years of age, and they require you to be at least 21 to be a law enforcement officer, they probably care less that you have a four-year degree in criminal justice than they do about the fact that you worked for a year as a stocker in a grocery store, and you volunteered for six months at a rape crisis center, and you donated a six months of your time to the Red Cross on a disaster assistance team, and you worked within all of that a second job uh, doing, you know, whatever. I don't know. 
but the, but what they're looking for is the total package because when they when they when you go through the academy you're going to get trained in what it is you're supposed to know to do your basic job and then they're going to give you the keys to a car and you may have to buy your own service weapon they may offer you the service weapon you know it, it differs by department but then they're going to put you out there as a representative of that department and more importantly as a representative of that city or that county or that state or that federal government and as the representative of those people who gave you that job, you identify who that individual is that's back there in the office uh, as the chief or as the mayor or as the governor or as the president of this country. And um, they're not going to put a newbie out there who can't communicate with other individuals and who has such limited worldview that every time that they're talking with somebody, uh, everything that they're saying is coming out of a text. They're going to want somebody who has enough experience to be able to listen and to uh, to make good decisions on how to handle things. So do yourself a favor and involve yourself with different groups and give yourself some kind of integration within the community. Uh, it, it'll, it'll help you to develop a network. It'll help you to grow in your opportunities within law enforcement, and it will help you to become more culture, multiculturally sensitive, which, again, will be uh, an advantage for you uh, uh, when it comes to your career growth. We're going to take a break now. When we come back, we're going to be talking about the shortcomings of a multiculturalist approach to crisis intervention. And when we talk about the shortcomings, it's because I've got a real beef about how a lot of multiculturalism type stuff is being done. Um, when I was getting my graduate degree, I had to take a course in multiculturalism. And um, I probably had one of the least multicultural professors that uh, – that I could ever have had because she had her own agenda and it was pounded into me about how uh, I was a, I was a, a social elitist and I was wrong and all the rest of the stuff. And it was just, it was, I was just because I was a Caucasian guy. Uh, but I, it was made very clear to me that I was wrong uh, for being born a male because I was naturally a uh, abuser and a patriarchal um, um uh, you know, I continued to exercise the patriarchal rule of authority uh, due to being a male and that I was really an abuser and I was a social parasite because I was a Caucasian. And so it kind of turned me off to, to some of the aspects of it. And now what's really cool is that we're seeing more and more studies about the fact that the the old flawed assumptions on the part of a lot of people who took pride in being called quote-unquote multiculturalists um, actually were biased and oppressive. And a lot of the theories and practices that are people who are holding social working degrees and uh, telling the rest of us that we should act actually worked against a lot of relationship with different uh, relationships with different cultures. So uh, good stuff, really interesting stuff. I hope that you're picking something up from the training that we're doing today about crisis intervention teams and multiculturalism. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Thank you so much. You are listening to the American Public Safety Training Institute. You may have a degree, but do you have what it takes? Online and field training available now from TAPSTE. Get the skills from the best trainers in America. Find out how at www.tapste.org. Get your foot in the door by earning your certificate now. <laughs> 